to the Fit and Free with AIM podcast. I'm your host, Amy Louise. By listening to this podcast, you'll gain clarity and apply now principles in relation to training, nutrition, and mindset, all designed to help you build a strong and lean physique and show up as your best self at the same time. If you're a woman who struggles with excessive behaviors when it comes to training and nutrition and think of yourself as a perfectionist, I hear you, I see you, I was you, and I know that you're in exactly the right place to turn that ship around and build a body you love inside and out. So let's go. Hello, everyone. It has been quite a while since I've had a guest on the podcast, so super excited to be joined today by Emma Nisbet. Emma is a women's health and fertility coach with a focus on pre- and postnatal fitness. Emma, welcome. I hope I've got that right. (laughs) Nailed it. No, that was a really cool introduction. I'm so excited to be on here. Thanks for reaching out. I love, yeah, getting together with like-minded women and yeah, getting our voice out. Yeah. I'm so excited. I think that I was just saying to you a minute ago, I think that uh, my audience is definitely going to appreciate having um, someone on like yourself to have a chat through these things. Cause this isn't, you know, isn't exactly my forte. So um, they hear me speak for hours on end about food and training and those sorts of things related to physique because I primarily focus on physique. So this is a really different side of the coin. Um, to kick us off, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your own journey, history, and then once you've done that, um, the niche that you work with now, I must admit my podcast, I can do like an hour long on my own. So just feel free to give us the extended version. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I was going to say, I once I start, it's just going to be like going on a tangent. So we'll just go with it and run with it. I love it. But yeah, so yeah, my name's Emma and I've started a coaching business called Compatible You Training. And yeah, it's really hard when someone asks you your story because you just, oh my God, where do I start? Um, but I guess when it comes to health and fitness, I've kind of always been in the health and fitness like I trained in martial arts as a kid so I guess I always had that kind of physical thing and I grew up in the country and pretty much in the country sports kind of your life like there's not too much to do outside of that so there's always that influence but I did struggle a lot when I was a teenager like coming into adolescence with a lot of body image issues um yeah like disordered eating patterns kind of things like that And for the most part, like a lot of my younger life, it was kind of working against my body. Like I didn't really appreciate what it did. I was always kind of pushing it in the gym, just, yeah, not really respecting it or treating it as I should be. And I think when it comes down to it, like you can only be so hard and so crap on yourself for a certain amount of time before your body's like, all right, I've had enough. Like you're not working with me, so I'm going to kind of give up kind of thing. So I had a lot of injuries from like a lot of overuse stuff because I was kind of like in that mindset, like not the only way to be healthy is just like smashing myself at the gym and yeah, kind of that really mentality that just spirals out of control. But eventually my body was like, nah, like I can't do this anymore kind of thing. So I had quite a severe back injury, which has kind of, yeah, left me a bit debilitated and kind of not training as I used to. But again, like I said, your body kind of catches up to you and it's like, all right, I've tried to do this. You're not doing it. So this is a result of it. But I guess it was a blessing in disguise because at the end of it, like I something like a switch flicked and it's like, all right, I, this isn't working. Like it hasn't worked for so long. 
like ignoring my body cues, ignoring my hunger, all of the above kind of thing. And I was like, nah, it's time to make a change. Like I need to just, it's not working kind of thing. So yeah, I kind of through the injury learned that, you know, oh, this is my dog, by the way, we always can't see it, but my dog's just jumped into the back of the screen. Um, his name's Norbert. So just to, <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, I kind of just changed my mindset and really wanted to help other women going through that because I think, yeah, the thought of me hating my body and just working against it, like to kind of think of young girls being like that, it was kind of a bit heartbreaking. So I was like, nah, like I need to change. I need to set an example for people. And yeah, so I started my business, Compatible You Training, with a, yeah, a real strong focus in prenatal um, and fertility training because I think, I guess where I got the word Compatible You Training from was our bodies are just constantly changing throughout our lives. Like we get injured, we get pregnant, we go through fertility, even our menstrual cycle every month, like our body goes through a lot. And I think it's, yeah, my journey and journey with my clients is just about helping them find that balance and just, yeah, really trying to work with their body as it changes instead of just giving up and be like, no, nah, this isn't working. Or I guess like there's only one way to be fit kind of thing. I think so many of the women listening will. Uh, uh, yeah be able to resonate with what you've just said yeah. I know definitely I was really similar mine was just coming from I had this obsession with like scale weight as a as a teenager young woman um and just constantly feeling like I wasn't worthy if I didn't weigh a certain really unrealistic amount yeah um I think we'll I think we'll go down the fertility path first but I just had this thought before right like and I don't know if anyone else is in this boat but for me it was this huge early on focus say through my 20s of well I don't want to have if that's like the most terrifying thing in the world and I want to weigh this really r ridiculous scale weight number. So any kind of thought about health linked with like menstrual cycle regulation or anything like that went out the window. And I hate to say this, but I've just got to be honest because it's really important for people to hear this sort of stuff. I remember times of like if I didn't have my period, it was to me that was a sign that I was pushing hard enough, right? Um, 100%. Yeah. Heartbreaking, isn't it? <laughs> it is. And it's crazy. I think the more, I guess like it's hard to be vulnerable sometimes, but when you actually say that, like I've just sat here and said, yep, 100%, that was me back in the days. And I think that's why it's so important to talk about this stuff because who knows who's listening and who's going to think that's me. It's not working for them. They've overcome it. Cause I think you're probably the same, but you felt so alone. You're like, I can't tell anyone about this. Like if I tell my mum that I'm happy that I lost my period because of eating, she's going to like send me to the mental ward. And I'm like, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be taken away from school, taken away from my family. There's just that stigma about it that you just can't talk about it. Absolutely. And then it's kind of, and I, I see this a little bit, it's, it's kind of like not until maybe, this kind of woman starts thinking about potentially wanting to have children that she's like, oh, shit, now I have to have to pull everything back. I really need to regulate my cycle. And, I mean, we could go off on so many tangents here and maybe yeah. we will later, but it's like so maybe they go to the doctor and they're prescribed the pill to uh, regulate yeah. the period. Yeah. Have I uh, just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, it's the most, like, 
overpriced band-aid in the world really I just crazy actually on the phone with someone last week who was like, oh, you know, this and this, and I, they told me this is going to regulate my period. I'm like, far out. I was like, I shouldn't be the one telling you this as a PD, yeah. like this should come from your GP, but that's not what it's doing. <laughs> like, And there's that line, isn't it, where you're like, okay, like that's not the scope of practice, but you're literally yeah. being told the wrong thing. Like I consciously can't sit here and say, oh, yeah, that's going to regulate your period. Like, oh, my God, it's not going to do that. Yeah. And so I have some clients come to me who they're thinking of, you know, maybe in two years, maybe in five years that they they would like to um, start to think about falling pregnant, getting pregnant. Um, and they're kind of like, should I need to overhaul my lifestyle because my habits suck? So, you know, and I can I can help them with those kinds of habits and getting them into training so that they're able to train throughout pregnancy and all those sorts of things. Um, but I guess with the women coming to you, can you give us a little bit of an idea of like what sort of woman is coming to you and what typical issues might she have? Yeah, I guess I kind of have different spectrums with people who come to me. So I guess the first group is the people who I guess maybe a post might have resonated with them and they're like, okay, look, I'm not having kids now, but it definitely is something I want to do in the future. So like I have no idea what to do. So talk me through these things. So I guess when those kind of clients come to me, because there's not like a specific thing we can pinpoint that's kind of maybe not working as well it's more of just me working with them to I guess present kind of like a picture of all the different things that can have an impact on fertility I guess within that scope of practice because I think yeah I think one of the big misconceptions about um like someone's fertility journey is that it's just so easy like you literally just have sex and bam there comes a baby but it's like that's not quite the case. I like the statistics are pretty crazy. Like it's one in five families um, who are trying to have a baby just in Australia having fertility issues. So yeah, I like, cause I've yeah done heaps of research. Like I love this stuff and trying to help people with it. So it's just crazy. And it, I think it is one of things like the body image stuff we're talking about where it's like, Oh no, like it's only happening to me. Like it doesn't happen to anyone else, but it does and it sucks like yeah a lot of these people do come to me a bit like oh I don't know where to start so yeah I guess the first point of contact is just looking at what they're doing now and kind of yeah looking at ways we can change stuff but then I guess the other group of people that come to me I guess are having struggles but they're not quite at that point of going down the IVF kind of journey yet they're like okay maybe like they've maybe come to a realization that they know stuff isn't right. And I guess they want to change stuff. Like maybe their diet um, might be tracking. Um, so it's more of just helping them like get the tools for fertility to help them on their journey because yeah, actually now that I kind of gone that tangent, it's like, Oh wait, no, that's what they do. Like a lot of clients also just don't actually know how their body's telling them that they're fertile. Like it's actually crazy. And I guess like all things kind of women, like our menstrual cycles, we're just not told about this stuff. And like, I guess they're not really expected to know this stuff. If you get me, like if it's not part of the school curriculum, why do we not care about it? Kind of mentality. So yeah, it's just, it's hard. You can't blame them for not knowing. So I just try and get present to them. Oh, let's open this door. This is fertility journey. It's a bit scary sometimes, but we'll do it together. Yeah. For anyone listening, who's like, yes, tell me more. (laughs) Um, Can you 
I guess, dive into some of the specific areas, whether it's like exercise or food or, I don't know, relaxation or whatever it is. Can you just run us through, I guess, those sort of big groups that you might start to look at to help women? Definitely. Yep. So I kind of, yeah, look at fertility as this like huge umbrella and there's just, yeah, these little areas over underneath it that a lot of people just don't think about because I think with fertility, especially people's mind just focuses on like sex, like, oh, that's all we need to do to have this baby. So it's like, all right, yep, cool. Obviously that's part of it, but there's so much more to it. So the way I work with my clients is um, I do a program called Compatible You Fertility, which is basically bringing awareness to someone's fertility. And over the 12 weeks, um, they get different content, different lectures about topics. So for example, um, nutrition's a huge part of fertility because there's so many different things that affect, um, especially women on their fertility journey. Like for example, the oral contraceptive pill, not a lot of people realize like the havoc it wreaks on your body is like the amount of nutrients that actually depletes is crazy. Like you've got vitamin D, iron, stuff like that. And those vitamins are going to impact your fertility. Like, yeah, there's just so much research coming. I feel like I could talk about this topic forever, but yeah, if we don't have enough iron, like our energy is going to be shook. We're not going to one want to have sex, to have a baby. Cause it's like, you come home from work, you're bloody tired. You're not going to want to do that. But there's also, yeah, research into how different nutrients affects your actual fertility. So it's like um, your ovulation timing as well as your egg quality. Like, it's yeah, it's insane research. I love it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, moving on from that, I think the most challenging thing when I talk to clients is having to shift their mind focus because I think most women can probably resonate with their whole life either being in a calorie deficit or just feeling the need to lose weight. And seriously, like the first time we had this consult, I'm like, okay, like how much are you eating? And they're like, eh, not really a lot. And the first thing I have to tell them is you have to literally cut that shit out. Like this time isn't trying to lose weight and it sucks because they that's what they've been told their whole life. And people are stressed because they're trying to have a baby. And then on top of that, you tell them, okay, you need to start eating more. And they're like, oh my goodness, like my body's going to change. So leading on to that like as much as it's like yeah we need to be eating more it's that mindset stuff as well because like through the fertility journey it's stressful like if it's not working properly like you thought it would like oh have sex have baby if that doesn't happen you're stressed then you're stressed because you're eating more and you're going to be maybe putting on a little bit of weight even if it's just a little bit of weight people just freak out like there's just such a bad, I guess, connotation with the word fat or weight gain. People are like, no, I can't be doing that. But it's like, if you're not eating enough, you're not going to be able to sustain life. You're not going to have energy. So yeah, it's really a multifaceted approach to it. And yeah, there's also a little, like a little stuff we do on intimacy, because I feel strongly that especially during fertility, like that intimacy is kind of gone because all you're like thinking about is, okay, we need to have sex to have a baby. And so I think it's easy for couples to lose that intimacy. They stop maybe talking to each other because it's all about like, no, nah, let's just have sex. Like there's no, like the physical intimacy is important, but it's also that emotional like intimacy. And then I guess if the fertility journey is not working properly, then that's going to induce stress, which is further going to affect your intimacy. So yeah, it's a huge, huge journey that people go on. So I'm yeah, really passionate about bringing awareness to it. 
Yeah, that sounds amazing. So uh, how long have you been running the 12-week compatible? Is it is it new? Is it has it been around for a little while or? Yeah, so it is new. It's only been around for two months, which is crazy. Like there's so many different changes I'm kind of making with my life, but never been happier. Like it's incredible. Um, And yeah, it's just insane. I guess the amount of people that reach out who aren't quite ready to have a baby anyway, because I think that's also a negative thought that's kind of around fertility. Like people hear the word fertility and they're like, oh, but I don't want to have babies now. It's like, yeah, not cool. You don't have to have babies now, but we can make crazy changes now that are going to have impact on us say six months a year down the track so even if it's not right in front of you wanting to have kids I think it is definitely something to think about for the future yeah absolutely Um, I'm curious is there any kind of like exercise or physical activity component um, of the course or not there is so what I do with my clients because they are making I guess a lot of mental changes a lot of body image changes what I do with the exercise is I want them to kind of look at exercise as like a stress reliever for them so it's not a super high intense kind of um, exercise program it's more three days at the gym we're not overloading ourselves we're not overstressing our bodies it's more just getting you to move so stress management is uh, like a definitely a huge point of it. So in the exercise, I don't want to be put in through that high intensity repeatedly. So it's more just getting them comfortable um, moving in the gym. Plus, I guess some of the exercises are aimed at uh, more prenatal um, kind of exercises. So it's kind of like a jumpstart introduction to how you move um, whilst you're pregnant because yeah in the past I guess a lot of people have thought okay you've had a baby you have to stay in bed for nine months like don't move at all kind of thing and it's like no that's so not the case like again working with your physiology you just have to do it a little bit different so it's kind of just like a hey you can still exercise when you're pregnant but let's just do this instead yeah I love it um and so with the nutrition component, um, <clears throat> is that like, I'm just curious about the focus. Is that more like a mindful eating plus the education, like how, how to go about the nutrition coaching side of things? Yeah. So I'm a strong believer that meal plans and like specific calorie macro goals aren't the most, um, I guess, effective way to teach people. I guess from my perspective, especially coming from a bit of a disordered eating pattern, if someone gave me a meal plan, plan and I didn't religiously stick to it that would just be a sign of stress and I'd be like oh shit then I'd go into that restrict binge kind of cycle so with the mind uh with the nutrition side of it what it's aimed at is pretty much trying to strip back all the crap that we've been taught like you know you can't eat carbs you can't you know eat fats all that kind of stuff and all it is is just bringing awareness to I guess nutrients you need throughout your fertility journey so you know your folates your vitamin d k's etc etc so it's looking at all the different food groups and how you can incorporate them into meals without specifically tracking them because um, in the fertility um, course you do, you get a free recipe ebook, And basically what that is, is just um, recipes tailored to, I guess, the nutritional needs of someone trying to fall pregnant, but it doesn't have any calories or macros. All it is is pretty much like breakfast, um, lunch, snacks, dinner, and basically pick what ones you want and just learn to eat food and enjoy it rather than looking at it as like a number kind of thing. Yeah, I totally, totally hear you. Uh, with that, have you found any pushback 
once the women are, you know, potentially making those recipes that they feel like maybe it's too much food or anything like that? Or are they, maybe they have their initial freak out about not dieting anymore and then they're okay? Yeah, I think for the most part, it is like, I guess like I do an initial console and it's like, okay, we need to be eating more. And you just see that face. They're just like, oh, like, I don't think I can commit to that. But I guess, yeah, once I talk through the reasons why we are doing that, I think it's easy for them to put on the forefront, I guess, the needs of the future child, the needs of how the fertility journey is going to go. So I think there's always that initial resistance where they're like, no, I can't see myself doing that. But then it's like, okay, baby steps. You don't have to increase every meal all at once. Let's just work on increasing lunch because again, you try and change too much at once and your body's just like, oh, holy shit. Like I can't keep up with this and it's overwhelming. So I think, yeah, just kind of not putting that pressure to change all their meals at once and just maybe to not track um, for a day kind of thing and see how you feel. And yeah, it's actually insane watching people notice the changes where they're like, okay, cool. I actually ate breakfast this morning and I didn't feel like shit at work. Like I could actually focus in the morning and it's like, yep, like you need to do the changes to see the change. And of course it's scary. Like all new journeys are scary, but I think, yeah, once they see the benefits of it, it's yeah, it's so much easier to reach those goals at the end. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of the women listening, especially those who have worked with me, I I do use macro tracking and mindful eating. So depending on the person in front of me and what they need, um, I don't do meal plans. Number one, I'm not um, qualified. I'm not a dietitian to give meal plans. But again, kind of like you, I find that I understand they can be useful for someone who has no idea what they're eating uh, for a short period of time, but then it's like there's that extreme reliance on the meal plan. But anyway, I I start all my women, um, no matter mind leading or whatever, on at least maintenance calories. That's that's how we always do a block of of maintenance first. And um, just like you were saying, you're you're getting similar women than I am. I thought thought we would, um, but almost everyone's reaction is even to their maintenance calorie intake is like, this is just, I can't eat that much food. I've never eaten that much food. Um, check-ins for week ones are always like, I haven't eaten this much since like, I can't remember the last time I eaten this much. Yeah. yeah. Like, man, it's such a, and look, this was me this six years ago. Uh, every day I woke up trying to eat less. Uh, it was a yeah. focus and I'd been doing that for, I don't know, 15 years. And that's the thing, like as much as we want to sit here and be like, oh my goodness, like just shake it out of them. Like you need to eat more. Like, trust me. It's like, you just have to understand that they're where we were and they'll eventually get there. But it's just a matter of, yeah, showing them why it works and why what they've been doing just hasn't been working so far. It's yeah, it's like a whole new world when they actually start to eat more and they're just like, I feel different. And it's like, yes, trust the process. Like we're not just setting you up for failure. Right. So true. And it's the, probably the coolest thing. If I've had a client for say around 12 months and her intake's awesome, it'll be, it will be awesome by that point. Um, and then, you know, we have a moment where we're like, do you remember when you first came to me and you were eating like, I don't know, anywhere from 500 to a thousand calories less and petrified. And now you're here, you're telling me you want more food. <laughs> oh my God, we did it. We're getting somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even then you think like you're, I guess like they're looking at themselves as we looked at them kind of like, oh, you need to make this change. Like, look how good it's going to feel. And now they're sitting there saying, yep, I listened and I do feel better. Like there is a method to the madness kind of thing. I, 
I um, I actually do want to compete at the end of next year, so I have goals getting very lean. But over the last uh, at least 18 months, I've been almost – I've done like two small deficits, but I've been primarily eating in a surplus, so eating heaps. Yeah. Um, definitely heavier than I would usually just walk around um, and overeating too, so eating past <laughs> what I would yeah. usually eat. Yeah. And it's like I, I'm really happy that this is happening right this time. Um, I put together a little course called Growth Phase. It was like six weeks long about muscle hypertrophy. All of this for my clients is about building lean muscle mass, right? Um, but I, I just think it's really important that more of us show the extended maintenance periods, like yeah, 100%. forever, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. without ever dieting. Yeah. And that's the thing, we've been pretty much raised our whole lives to either just hear about diets, talk about diets at lunch. Oh, I saw this on social media. That's all we've kind of been taught to do. So when you hear people talk about, yeah, eating in maintenance, eating in surplus and not, I guess, like demonizing themselves or saying, oh, shit, like I've got to go for a run like I overate. Like it's just so, it's such a, like a relief. Like it's, oh, God, we are humans at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It's so interesting. One of the issues that I ran into a little while ago, which I think we have nutted out with my community, is the word maintenance. So I attract a lot of perfectionist women, high achievers, and they see the word maintenance. And for them, it means my progress is going to be maintained or stopped. So I was like, okay, okay. So within my community, I was like, let's call this something like a performance focus. So it means we're fueling ourselves well so that we can train effectively, right? Yeah. Um, Sleep is true. Yeah. Now that you say that, it's like, yeah, you hear maintenance. And even, I guess, from a kind of like high achiever, like needing everything to be perfect. Yeah, you do hear maintenance. You're like, oh, that's boring. Like I'm not going to stick out or anything. Yeah. And then it can just end up in these kind of free-for-all, like heaps of alcohol, um, no 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 attention paid to micronutrient intake, gym sessions, just, you know, here and there, hit and miss. Intensity in the gym isn't there in terms of like, um, again, with hypertrophy goals in mind. And it's like, we got to change this. we got to change this. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's, yeah, you just made me think about something there. It's like, I kind of think people get on these bandwagons and it's like, okay, cool, deficit. Like everyone has to be in a deficit. Like the only place is a deficit. And then I guess you've got like kind of our work on the other spectrum where it's like, no, nah, let's eat at, eat at maintenance or above. Let's do this. And people think, you always have to be doing one thing. And it's like, no, like that's not what we're saying. We're just saying, all right, let's have a positive relationship with food overall. And then if a goal is to compete or a goal is to just lose weight, like if that's what you want to do, like it's not bad to want to lose weight, but it's just like that can't be the goal always. And you can't, I guess, equate your happiness to a weight because that's just like you're just going to fail because your mind's not in it and it's not where you're meant to be. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important. And I, I've been really pushing this heaps is like deficits are to get in and out of. Yeah. As yeah. fast as your body can. If we can do this in eight weeks, like, or, you know, 12 weeks, that's it. And it's like, yeah. I some people sort of really caught up in a wall. How do I, you know, fit alcohol in? How do I do all this? And I'm like, look, if we've got a very short time frame, just cut it out for that period. It's a very small period of time. 
And then, you know, we can enter this phase, which is going to be hopefully forever. Like, yeah. you don't have to do this again. Yeah, 100%. Let's get out. <laughs> yeah, so we're not cutting alcohol and stuff forever. It's just if this is your goal at this time, you have to sacrifice this. Whereas it's like, well, maybe if you're in a deficit for too long, you're sacrificing the positive relationships with food. Like, one's going to give you can't. I don't think you can achieve for such a low body weight all the time, but also be like, oh, yeah, cool. I'm working on my mindset because it's like, no, like you can't really have both like I don't know like you know in terms of especially like supporting the menstrual cycle we, we, we're going to need to be well fed for long periods yeah. of time. 100% yeah definitely and the yeah I guess the amount of people that don't quite understand or appreciate I guess how much energy and like nutrients we need for those body processes which are natural processes like our periods are normal kind of thing it's like you can't yeah you can't have both you need yeah you need to just listen to your body and just not always treat it like crap yeah yeah and it's just yeah it is so interesting with this high achiever she tends to she tends to definitely gravitate towards just trashing yourself both in the gym um and with nutrition it's it's one of the other things that I do as well and again it's like yes you know my job is to really get a physique result for a client. This is what we're trying to do. We're trying to build muscle, be lean, right? But at the same time, it's generally way less aggressive than the person thinks it's going to be. And I've had, I've had conversations with almost everyone who I speak to, and I'm like, you know, how many days of training, whatever? And they're like, oh, you know, five, six, you know, whatever, running, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, well, that's, we're cutting out all that. We're going to train four days. Too much, too <laughs> much. Yeah. Uh, and we, I'll give you a, like a, you know, 8,000 step target. And that's it. Like, that's all we are doing. <laughs> we're not doing it. Been like, oh, I thought you were going to make me walk like 20,000 steps and like work out twice a day. It's like, yeah, it's that mindset that we just need to tweak a little bit to realize we just need to work more smarter, not harder, or like not a whole heap of load. Like, yeah, there's just, yeah, like we talked about before, there's just so much crap around us that makes people who aren't, I guess, like educated in that sense. Like not everyone's expected to be educated in that sense. And that's why I guess it is so easy for them to fall victims to diet culture or just like shitty expectations, really. Yeah, totally. Um is there anything that really grinds your gears? I'm going to ask this question. Is there oh, anything that really grinds your gears that you're like, so, you know, again, like I was sort of saying, I'm not sure if my audience has been that exposed to, well, definitely not with my podcast with someone talking about fertility before, but anything that grinds your gears in your space or the messaging women are receiving, like is there any, any big things that are coming out? I think what frustrates me the most is when people talk in absolutes, like it's like, yep, you have to do this. Or if you don't eat like three eggs a day to get your protein intake, you're not going to get pregnant. So these people are like, some come to me and it's like, oh my God, like I haven't had my three eggs today. I'm like, like, what do you, what do you mean? Like you haven't ovulated your like, egg? like, is that what we're talking about? And they're like, no, like this post said, I have to eat three eggs. I'm like, oh God. Like, I love, <laughs> yeah, I know the egg one just gets me every time, but it's like, oh, these poor women are just like, we are so saturated with like, like I love social media. I love that we can connect like, like we have, like we kind of met through social media. That's amazing. But then on the other spectrum, there's just so much crap in the industry and they do like, they pry on those vulnerable people, especially fertility. That is such a huge one because 
So many people put their worth on being a mum. So many people are disheartened if their fertility journey is not working. They're just constantly in this vulnerable state and they'll literally gravitate to anything. Like if someone says, this is going to equal pregnancy, they're going to jump on it. They're going to throw their money at it. And it's like, uh, it's so frustrating. And I think that's where I'm more transparent in my program. It's like, this isn't a program that's going to make you feel pregnant at the end. Like I'm not promising you that, but I'm promising that I'm going to give you tools to say, okay, let's try this. Um, it's, it's just a trial and everything. It's like, all right, let's make changes to this, see how that's worked. Maybe that's not working as well. Okay, maybe this is the area of your life we need to work on. So yeah, just a word of advice. If you hear absolutes, just try and not listen to it because they're just prying on your weaknesses. Dude, it's so funny say that. I'm like the queen of nuance. Uh, yeah. and I constantly be like, okay, and there's a caveat to that and there's a caveat to that. And it's like, I'm really glad you're on board with that. It's yeah. just yeah. so Cool. That's hard, especially because our clients probably reach out and say, no, but you're meant to have all the answers. Like you, you have to give me the recipe that's going to create the end goal. And it's like, yep, yep. I'm here to give you those tools, that toolbox. But at the end of the day, like we're all different and it's not like a cookie cutter thing where it's like, this is going to work for this person. That's maybe not going to work for that person. You just have to take it, I guess, with a grain of salt and be like, all right, trial and error, let's take off that, like take our pedal off, our foot off that pedal, let's put it more on this one kind of thing. Yeah, it's, yeah, social media is a bit of a crazy place to kind of navigate, especially when you are in that vulnerable state. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. I I often try to send the message that, like, we've got some pretty well-established basic principles that haven't changed too much when it comes yeah. to nutrition and training. They're not very sexy. They're pretty boring. hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. yeah. Anyone applies them, they're, they're likely going to make progress because they're so basic within that there is a shit ton of nuance. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And like with, um, cause I do one-on-one coaching, um, with women, which is more of the mindset goals and just trying to get people confident in the gym, all that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, I think it is that like, just that medium of being like, okay, like you've been taught for so long that these are the diets we need to follow. You know, we've got intermittent fasting, we've got low carb, like just all these crap. And it's like, no, just like, like, stop listening to that stuff and literally if you just like even like just following the Australian guideline to healthy eating like just eat your veggies just eat your meat like that's all we have to do people like it's just basic stuff like yeah the fitness injury like um injury industry is just like it makes so much money and it's because they just kind of put shit into our minds that we think we need whereas if we just stuck to the basics they probably wouldn't be making as much money as they are yeah, I wonder if it's not to go off on a philosophical tangent, <laughs> uh, but I wonder if there's 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 got to be a component to like identity, wanting to belong to a group. So if I call myself a, a flexible dieter, if I call myself a keto, whatever, if I yeah. call myself an intermittent faster, then I'm part of a group and we all believe the same thing. We have to defend our beliefs against yeah, hundred people out there. <laughs> Yeah. And if someone tries to talk against us, it's like, God forbid, like this is our little community. And I get that. Like, I get the feeling of belonging. It's like us creating our communities of strong women or strong women on their fertility journey. I get that. But when you're telling someone to go against their natural, I guess, like hunger cues or like 
you're stopping someone from having energy or just making them believe they have to do these things to get their result. That's where I'm a bit like, nah, I get your community thing, but nah, not quite right. Yeah. When things just don't make sense related to the basic principles of, you know, health, nutrition, exercise, it's like, yeah, nah. Yeah. Um, all right. You mentioned before you do actually have a an intimacy component Um Gosh, I feel so out of my depth. <laughs> I swear out of my depth. Honest, I love it. Let's go deep. Uh, yeah, I was like, um, can you, I guess, give us an overview of, of what that looks like for the women listening? I know everyone will be cheering me on in asking you this question. <laughs> Intimacy. Yeah, no, I love it. And I guess like I, from probably what you've seen in my podcast, I like to talk about those issues that do have the stigma, do have the shame, like people don't want to tend to talk about it. And I think intimacy is a huge thing. And like in the modules I talk about intimacy, yes, we've got the physical intimacy, but we also have probably the emotional intimacy that I think is probably a little more important for women as well. Like I know I'm speaking general terms there, but I think the component is talking about like, yes, you're on this fertility journey together, but you also have to remember who you, like you both are because some things just might not be working. Um, and like a big component of that is just talking and having good communication and just making that a priority during your fertility journey. Because if you're not talking and you kind of building up this resentment, like you might be like, oh, well, I'm putting all the effort into this fertility journey. My partner's not. You're just going to build resentment. That's going to affect your intimacy. And that's going to not just your emotional intimacy, but your physical intimacy, because one person's going to be like, nah, screw this. Like, if they don't want to do this, why am I putting all this energy into it? So a lot of it is, yep, we need to be having sex, but let's look past just the sex. Like, I think it's easy for women, especially, I'll just speak from personal experience, but you kind of think, oh, sex, like they just want to have sex with me. Like I'm over that. And it's like, no, like, you know, you want to be touched intimate, intimately. You want to be spoken to, like, how's your day kind of thing. You don't just want to be that, I guess, object to have sex with. And like, you get it, you're on a fertility journey. You do need to have that. But it's so important to just remember you're a couple at the end of the day, especially with fertility, like you're going to hopefully potentially create a baby and that's going to change everything down the track. So if you're just focusing on each other, talking to each other, then you're going to like set yourselves up um, for the future. Like I guess a lot of my fertility program is about I guess setting up good plans for the future. So um, in terms of intimacy, you're staying connected to your partner. You're not letting fertility just be the forefront of every conversation because with um, the program, you get your lecture and stuff, but you also get a weekly activity to do. They ask you guys to compete, uh, compete, complete, because yeah, if you're kind of just reading the information or listen to me talk, it's not, I don't think it's going to be super effective. So with the intimacy what I get my clients to do is write a letter to their partner, just talking to them saying like, this is what I appreciate about, appreciate about you. You're going to be a good father or a good mother because kind of thing. And there's also an element of date nights. So I've got a big list of ideas that they can do. And I kind of challenge them to take fertility off the cards for that night, because I think you guys have enough stress, like fertility journey, stressful. So 
if you build that um, emotional connection, you keep nurturing that the physical intimacy and the sex one is going to be better because you're like on cue with your partner and you're listening to each other. You're doing what your partner wants. So it's just, yeah, kind of setting up those, I guess, building blocks to make it easier down the track. Yeah, dude, it's just to bring up that thing you said at the start, like, um, I did, a, I did a course at the start of the year where we were talking about like shame lurks in the shadows and you get this yeah. stuff out and we can feel yeah. like a lot of release and then you're in groups or communities of women where you're like, that's happened to me too. And the other person's like, and me, and me, and me, and me. And it becomes, yeah, it becomes, I, I guess we just lose, we lose that really that negative emotional attachment to what's happening but you give yourself permission to talk about it because it's like okay I'm not silent anymore that's happened to that person maybe if I speak up with them then someone else is going to be like okay it's not taboo to talk about it especially with intimacy like it's so like you hear the word sex and you're like oh god we're not allowed to talk about that it's like well if you want to have a baby kind of have to talk about it because that's how it works kind of thing yeah absolutely absolutely um it's it's so interesting too because I've said this multiple times over I've been coaching for like five years I've said this multiple times over the five years to women it's like if your partner is supportive of what you're doing with with us like the the training and nutrition the the likelihood of you being able to sustain these habits and continue to progress 100 percent yes amen to that oh my goodness amen <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah. And I have seen it before. I've had a couple of women come to me, not a couple, more than a couple, where they might say, my partner's not very keen. He doesn't understand. He, you know, doesn't understand women training or women lifting yeah. or there's a lot of different things that go into that or her investing in herself because, yeah. like, you know, it's not a, it's not a cheap expense, right? No, 100%. Yeah. Um, and that's why you want to give them the service. You're like I, like, I get it. You're paying money. This is like, I'm here to help you. I'm not here to just take your money kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like, uh, sometimes I even have consults where I'll say, would you like to bring your partner on the consult so they can be part of it too? And that's always been incredibly successful when yeah. it's taken up. But yeah, with, with everything, it's such a, like far out, it's such a team effort. And, and I do remember a few years ago, someone close to me was saying that uh, they were having trouble with their, with their pregnancy journey. And um, she was saying, actually, no, it wasn't her. It was the, the, the male. I was talking to him and he was like, I feel like an object. I feel yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm on a, I'm on a, it's like, Hey, this is yeah. the sex. Yeah. Um, and he, it was, it's actually, it's just come to me. It was him. It wasn't her. It was him. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's like, I guess sometimes you see those movies where they're, uh, maybe they're like trying to have a kid or something and the woman gets home and she's like bed now, like we're making a baby. And that is how they feel. And I think it's easy to look at, I guess, a fertility journey from a female's perspective. Like I get it. They have to go through the pregnancy. It's like a huge thing for them, but it's also a huge thing for their partner. And I guess once they involve their partner and listen to them, then it, your journey is going to be so much easier because your partner's on board. And yeah, one of the important things I talk about in the fertility journey is just, yeah, that communication thing we talked about earlier, that it's like, all right, I know like your fertility window might be open, but I think, yeah, so that goes me on another tangent about the fertility window. Like people think it's just 24 hours. Like you have to have sex like 10 times that day. It was like, no, that's not the case, but I'll talk about that in a second. But it's kind of like, yeah, 
you, sometimes your partner just might not be in the mood and it's not a personal attack on you. It's like, how about you say, okay, cool. Like what's going on? Like, is everything okay? And they're like, oh good. Like she cares about me. She's just not trying to look at me as a baby maker kind of thing. Like they might've had a shit day at work and it's not that they're not one attracted to you or they don't want to have sex. They don't, you know, some people might think, oh, you don't want the baby as much as I do. I was like, no, like, it's not about that. It's like, let's just talk. And maybe talking is going to increase that um, intimacy because of that emotional intimacy that I think has a lot more power than just physical intimacy. So yeah, it is definitely so many different things that affect a fertility journey and especially the partners on board. Huge, huge thing. Can we do the fertility window thing now? <laughs> yes. I was like, oh crap, I want to talk about that. I was like, wait, put it aside. I remember that. Yeah. Um, like we said earlier, I guess when people come to you, they have, I guess, common myths about pregnancy common I guess what people are told and especially in school like I remember being told you ovulate on one day so don't have sex on that day or you'll get pregnant and ruin your life kind of thing like that was just high school sex ed for me a lot of people can probably resonate with that but yeah it's actually yeah pretty interesting like a woman's fertility window is actually more like five to six days so it's yeah it's crazy um because I guess I'm talking I guess a regular cycle lasts approximately 28 days so it could be more could be less that's normal nothing to stress about but yeah the um ovulation window isn't just 24 hours when the eggs like release because it sits in there for a bit it chills out kind of thing and then even if you've had sex like um a couple of days before you know you're going to ovulate sperm can actually live for like up to 10 days like something crazy like that so it can kind of just chill in you sounds a bit weird but yeah it can just stay and just do its thing survive and then the egg can just pop out and you'll be like oh my god like pregnancy kind of thing so yeah it's not just 24 hours fun fact for listeners it's so funny. My sex ed was kind of the opposite. My sex ed was like every single day you're at risk of getting pregnant and your life being ruined. Uh, it's like that mean girl sex ed teacher. It's like you have pregnant and die kind of thing. Yeah, it's pretty much that mentality. That was my experience. I was terrified. Oh, I can't even. Yeah, a boy walked into the room and it's like, oh, my God, yeah. like, don't me pregnant. Like, I know we're not going to have sex, but still don't look like you might get me pregnant. Oh, it's legit that person is so embarrassing. Um, yeah, I was petrified. Um, I think that uh, I think that the only other sort of broader topic that I wanted to chat to you about was a little bit about body image and scale weight, um, that kind of thing, because I, I think just women hearing other people's perspective is always really, really useful. Yeah. Um, so... It sounds like to me when women are coming to you, there might be that initial shock of like, oh, shit, um, I'm going to be gaining weight. And I, I'm just wondering, like, is there any specific mindset work you do with them around, you know, maybe body image or or even if we, you know, even if we wanted to talk about it again, like I don't know if you do any work in terms of like um, the pregnancy period and their body changing and any mindset work but yeah so just yeah. Sort of throwing it over to you with the mindset stuff and the body image <laughs> yeah so I guess with um fertility non-fertility based clients I had that approach of all right we're not actually going to weigh ourselves like one client came she was like oh no my scales ran out of battery like do you want me to get a new battery I was like oh god please don't get a battery like let's just not worry about the battery just throw the scales out if you want because a lot of my mindset is I guess 
steering people away from, I guess, their whole life being told you have to weigh yourself daily, you have to be a certain number. Um, if you're not in this weight group, like you're overweight or unhealthy or even like um, on the other spectrum, you're underweight kind of thing. So a lot of my work is, uh, there's a lot of different angles we kind of cover because um, like it sounds like you're the same, like health is so many different things. It's not just what we eat and how we move. There's so many different things that affect it. So when I begin with my clients, it's all about, um, I guess, breaking down our habits and kind of switching our mindset from, oh, let's look at what we're eating to be like, okay, let's just put that aside for a second. Let's look at habits. It's kind of like I kind of steer them in all these different directions to kind of take their mindset off of worrying about what they eat because they're like, oh, I've got this task to do or we're thinking about that. Sorry, my alarm just went off. Um, Yeah, we're thinking about this, kind of distracting them from the other stuff while we build their confidence in other areas to then build their confidence in their nutrition. So a lot of the mindset stuff is about, I guess, looking at different ways to measure our success and our health, um, like moving away from a scale weight. Because I like to, I guess, not scare people about weight. It's not about that, but it's more like bringing awareness to so many different things and it can affect your scale weight. Like, it's like, oh, have you gone to the toilet today? It's like, no. It's like, well, that can actually like impact what you weigh. Where are you at in your menstrual cycle? Okay, cool. That's going to affect how you weigh. Oh, have you got digestive issues? Are you feeling bloated? Like all these different things. And if we weigh ourselves so regularly and we see those fluctuations in weight, we're just always going to be that kind of like, high stress like oh shit like I've put on weight I'm bad I'm shit like this is scary and it's like if we're just being like it's easy for us to say like oh it's just a number on a scale like how are you putting your happiness and your success on a number on a scale like it's literally nothing it's literally just a number on a scale but it's so hard for them to switch out of their mindset because that's all they've ever known and I guess um from my own personal experience like the older generations, like my grandparents, great grandparents, they were very much focused on weights and the fad diets. Like, yeah, my nun is pretty much dieter on steroids. So it's like a lot of people do resonate with that where like they'll say, oh, you look a bit heavier today or like, oh, are you going to eat all of that food? It's like from a young age, we've been taught that like if you eat more or if you weigh more, like you're a failure or you're lazy or you're weak. So it's just really working on trying to just target all those things that they've been told for so long and just redirecting, I guess, their success and their worth away from a scale weight. Yeah, I I have some clients that are cool with it and I have a whole lot who aren't. And I always say, you know, in the initial consult, like, uh, is this something that you want to steer clear of because our the way we do check-ins and everything and the way I can measure progress like I don't need your scale weight to yeah, 100% and, and, and like I said some don't care they're fine there's no issues um and then others are like yeah it has been something that has really really impacted them and sometimes even throughout the the process if I notice something's up I might suggest we stop yeah. Um, and other women might actually put that to me and I always let them know like every piece of this check-in is customizable to you and your needs at any given time but I found it too I agree with you I, I think the clients that I have I have I have a whole heap of clients sort of over 40 um, and a lot of them have de- like the diet culture is so heavily ingrained oh, yeah um, and the scale weight stuff so I, I 
typically don't like to do don't like to do with them it just means something different I think around like so I'm 34 I think a bit of bit of 50 50 around sort of my age group I think a lot of women are now starting to realize it doesn't really mean anything yeah seeing a lot I think I don't know if it's my bubble but I am seeing a lot of um social media posts now even showing like in the you know the physique world heavier physiques I actually did this the other much heavier physiques but well in my opinion I look better now and I like my physique and my body image so much better now um but you know up 11 kilos like and that would that hearing that would panic a lot of women like gain kilos like yeah you've let yourself go and it's like yeah absolutely not like my health is much better mental health is much better um all of those kinds of things so yeah, I, it's, so, it's, it's, it's really, really interesting. And there are some clients where I have to kind of fight with them to stop using the scale too. Um, so I, I do encounter a whole range of like the whole range of um, spectrum in terms of scale weight, but it can be, it can be really upsetting to see someone who's making so much progress. Just say they they wanted to lose body fat. They're making so much progress. And for whatever reason, the scale's not moving and they've lost 20 centimeters. I'm like, stop it with the scale. Get off. Yeah. Photos. You feel great. You've just yeah. said to me, I feel great. <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of people think that a health journey is based on the before and after photo just being weight loss. And it's like, no, like, and especially with weight loss, like some people do these extreme measures to get to this low body fat percentage, but they're not going to tell, like, they're going to be like, oh, look at these abs I have, but they're not going to tell you that they've lost their period. They're not going to tell you that they can't have sex because I've got no energy. They're not telling you that they're so stressed and like are fighting with people all the time because they're unhappy. And on the other spectrum, like if people have gained weight, gained body fat, they're not going to, you know, always be so happy about it and say, oh, but my relationships are better. Oh, but I have more energy. It's like there's so much to a before and after that I guess we don't know or we're not educated about, which, again, we're not expected to be educated because we're just hounded with these before and after photos that, like you said, like some of the work we do isn't sexy because a lot of it's mindset that you can't, I guess, measure in a photo. So, it's, yeah, it's really hard to battle with these other people that might be, yeah, presenting that idea that happiness is a low body fat percentage. And it's like, no, that's so, like, I remember when I was at my lowest body fat, I was so grumpy, I was so tired. Like, no one wanted to hang around me because they're like, oh, God, Emma's, like, dieting. Like, she's an animal right now. <laughs> Dude, I was the same. I got to the arbitrary number that I set and fucking my whole life imploded. My relationship <laughs> broke down. Um, I had broken out in a rash. I didn't have a period. I couldn't stand. Like I had to sit down for my PT clients in the gym. Yeah, shit. And I was like, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. I thought like the, you know, heaven's gates would open up and my life would yeah. Yeah. And everyone would just be like, oh, my God, she's radiant with energy. But you kind of walk into the gym like hunched yeah. over like, oh, God, this is like painful to be alive kind of thing. It's, it's yeah. not glamorous like everyone makes it out to be. Like yeah. sure, you can smack some tan on and stuff and that's good. And I get some people are on that journey where they do want to do that, but like unfortunately that's not like measurable for most people like for some like some people just will never get to that low body fat and some people will start to go on that journey and be like oh shit like now I've kind of on the way to get an eating disorder or oh shit like my relationship's breaking down like yeah it's good to have those 
people like I get that's what they want to do but it's just we shouldn't make that a goal for everyone like we shouldn't equate that to happiness I think yeah dude it's such an important point like the happiness is never going to be found in a in a number on a scale yeah Yeah. they're always chasing that number and it's like well like you've reached that number are you happy and they're like no, but if I lose a couple more, I'll be happy. And it's like, no, you're not. You're just going to be hungrier and grumpier. Like, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, my God, I love this chat so much. Yeah, Thank I feel rejuvenated. It's yeah. like, oh, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Um, Emma, where can people find you? Because no doubt they will want to find you. <laughs> yeah, so um, you can find me at Compatible You Training on Instagram. Um, and if you click the link in the bio, that's got a um, kind of like a link tree that goes through the application for both one-on-one coaching as well as the fertility coaching and also the um, podcast that I've started as well so yeah click the link and you'll get all the above super exciting thank you so much again Emma if you guys have resonated with any of this please tag both of us on the on the interwebs and share us in your story stories we would really appreciate it yes definitely thanks for this opportunity I hope yeah your clients um and your listener have got something out of it because yeah fertility in that kind kind of sometimes isn't that sexy talked about topic so the more everyone kind of listens and talks about it the better we're going to feel about it all right thanks Emma see ya